How's everybody doing out there once again? Happy Harry Hardon, a.k.a. Ray Ramos here, doing another little podcast talk, a little solo podcast for you guys. Um, so, the Kryptonals is out. It's um, making the rounds, I guess you could say, to all the backers that were gracious enough to believe in us and back our project on uh, Indiegogo. So you guys should be getting your books, which is really, really nice. I've uh, been getting a few questions here and there about, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the thought process that went into creating the story, um, you know, the characters that I chose, and especially the villains. The villains are not uh, your usual villain, but it's an everyday type of, uh, I guess, character that, uh, that we find nowadays. Especially uh, the cyber community, I guess, the online community, these things or what I consider villains are out there because they, um, in, in a way, they seduce children into believing in them. And that's the big, that's a big takeaway from the Kryptonals. Without spoiling it, because I know a lot of people haven't read it yet, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I want to get into the subject of tulpas. And uh, tulpas are uh, manifestations of, of thought. So um, the biggest tulpa that everybody believes in, of course, is Santa Claus, because Santa Claus isn't real, or is he? We wish him to be real. There's uh, an idea that maybe he is real because we willed him into existence. And uh, that's something that uh, you know, I wanted to touch on really quickly today. And just, uh, just to throw it out there, see what you guys think about it. Now, the subject of tulpas, that is a belief, a Hindu mysticism belief. And uh, if you hear any noise, any wind, it's really windy today in El Paso. And I'm sitting in my favorite recording studio, which is the car. And uh, you might hear like the... The, the wind shaking the car or the whooshing of the wind. So that uh, just adds to the whole um, ambiance, I guess you could say. So as I was saying, tulpas are manifestations of thought. Of, uh, they become flesh and blood, uh, like a sentient type of uh, creature or a, a person or uh, some sort of being. And it's pretty scary because pretty much what people believe enough into it or if they believe enough into a tulpa they can make it real they can make it come into this reality and uh have it take form take shape and that's where a lot of these stories begin they begin on the internet a lot of people um, get a hold of these stories and it just grows from there and people will start believing in them um prime example and i hate using this example because i think it's a pretty crappy example but nonetheless the slender man the Slender Man originally was uh, an idea that I had for the Kryptonals to be the big bad, but uh, I found an even bigger batter um, in the form of Inyango. Inyango is a little bit more fleshed out than the Slender Man, um, and uh, it's based on a few things that I've read about uh, in literature and stuff like that. So the Inyango has a more, I guess you could say, uh, solidified origin so to speak, because you can actually trace it to things in literature, not uh, unlike the Slenderman. The Slenderman is more of a creation. I know, you know, the guy that created it, uh, it was uh, for a creepypasta contest or something like that. So some dude in a three-piece suit standing out in the middle of the woods with uh, long tentacles, seducing kids and, I don't know, creating this zombie-like monster of the child that does his bidding because they believe in him. And that, uh, that's the scary part, though, because that's basically what a tulpa is. It makes people believe in, in them. It makes people believe in the creature or the manifestation, the monster, if you will, 
and that's what makes it dangerous because if enough if enough people believe in it then that's when it becomes reality and the Slenderman has its roots in the creepypasta community uh it was for a contest and uh creepypasta also is a prime example of uh of the online mentality creepypasta is supposed to be a uh, take on the copy paste idea so if you copy something and paste it enough times eventually the original will begin to wear away and you will only have a copy of a copy of a copy and so on and so on and that's what this is it's so i guess far gone now that no one remembers where the origin comes from or what the original was and that um, that's where the slender man comes in the probably the most powerful tulpa in reality right now if that's even possible because tulpas are not real or are they I mean, they're real enough to cause people to do harm to each other, like those girls that got into trouble for trying to, I guess, sacrifice their friend to the Slender Man, um, you know, a few years back. And uh, that's the danger of it. That's, I guess, you could say, because if enough people believe in something, they become fanatics. They become wholeheartedly believers in something that uh, does not exist, but in a way wills you to believe it does, which is kind of creepy. Ergo, creepypasta. And the same can be said for other creepypastas, you know, like Jeff the Killer, The Rake, uh, Black Eyed Kids. These are recent um, urban legends or cryptids or ideas, paranormal, that have come into existence um, because people believe that there's something out there. And it plays off of the old idea that there are things out there hiding in the dark that we don't see, that we don't know about. And these things are monsters. And that's where the cryptids come in, you know, the cryptid aspect of it. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the tulpa aspect of it. And um, believing in that, having that idea that these things are out there waiting for us is what led me to create this story. Because we're not sure anymore. We are led to believe that there's nothing out there, that we shouldn't be afraid of the dark, especially nowadays with the technological advances that we have, you know, there's lighting everywhere, there's GPS, there's Wi-Fi, there's satellite internet, all this stuff out there that gives us a better understanding of the world, so to speak, and leaves the mysteries um, unsolved. But of course, it's that old adage, you know, it's the greatest trick the devil ever played is making people believe he didn't exist or rather making humans believe that he didn't exist, when in fact, he does. I mean, the Slender Man idea plays off of the belief that there are things in the woods that we don't understand that could potentially destroy us, kill us, take us away, make us one of them, so to speak. It kidnaps our children, or rather it seduces, us, seduces them into believing that it's out there that it can grant them some sort of power or that it can take them away from whatever misery they're suffering in their lives um you know oh god my dad took away my phone or punished me by not letting me be on the internet you know stuff like that and uh kids nowadays they don't understand that all that is not what it's supposed to be you know that's not life that's um what is it called other life or whatever it is that it's called uh, when you're online or when you're detached from society and, and real life IRL or whatever it's it's mentioned at so this belief became reality so to speak because people actually think that it's out there and uh, because of that it's very very dangerous and because of that 
what better villain than the supposed new boogeyman that exists, which is El Ñango. And uh, that's the scary part right there, because this thing does exist out there somewhere. And the reason that I'm saying that it does exist somewhere is because the belief in it is so strong um, that people subscribe to it. They want it to be real, so they make it real in their own minds. And uh, they do things for it. They commit atrocities. They sacrifice essence to it. And that's where it takes shape. That's where the danger lies in. Because once you are a fanatic, once you are a zealot, what uh, what's to stop it from becoming reality for some people? And uh, to carry out its will, or in your minds, whatever, in their minds, sorry, in their minds, whatever its will is. Be it causing chaos, be it bringing fear, be it be, being tragic or bringing tragedy, or ultimately killing in its name murdering people in its name that that right there that even gives me chills just saying it because that's a very powerful powerful tulpa that's something that in essence does not exist but makes you commit these heinous crimes that um, society will view as devotion to this strange new god so to speak and when you peel back the layers and everything, that's at the essence of the cryptonodes. It is good versus evil, but good is never the way that we expect it to be. Good always seems to be tainted nowadays in a way that it wasn't before. I mean, I'll talk about superhero comics all day long, and that's something that we learn at a very early age. You know, the the right, the difference between right and wrong. You know. That's it's something that's very ingrained in us at a very early age. But at the same time, nowadays, it's something that's very gray, <clears throat> so to speak. Gray in the sense that ultimate good does not exist, but ultimate evil does. Ultimate good is pure, white light, something that uh, sometimes seems unattainable. And to me, it is unattainable because everything, the light is always tainted by the darkness. There's always grays. And that's something that I wanted to explore, especially in this book, because these characters, these cryptids, they're gray um, characters. They're, they're, they've been labeled by society as one thing, and they cannot exist within the light. They are in the shadows constantly. And those are the characters that we're drawn to. I mean, great, Superman is fantastic, but what is Superman without the darkness that encroaches upon him sometimes. Those are the interesting stories that I like to read about Superman, uh, the broken hero, the fallen hero, the hero that has issues with uh, the way that society views it. Whereas the darkness doesn't have that issue. The darkness is always dark, no matter what. And uh, that's something that's very interesting to me because there's no way around it. This trend to make evil characters good characters or to make them anti-heroes is uh, something that's very recent in in uh, storytelling, especially in comics. For example, the whole Maleficent thing a few years ago, they wanted to give reason to Maleficent as to why she was evil, and they gave her a tragic backstory. But before she didn't have that tragic backstory, before she was just evil, she was an evil witch. And that's why I decided to do what I did with La Llorona, because La Llorona has always been that tragic character that's always been in the background but no one's ever really addressed it that's her origin her origin is tragedy her origin has always been shrouded in this mystery of why she committed 
the heinous act that she committed? Why did she murder her children, so to speak? And why nowadays she is still viewed upon as this evil woman, this Medea, so to speak, that uh, has no redemption, that has no way of being in the light. So she is a great character. She is a character that um, Hispanics embrace as a cautionary tale of what will happen if you don't do good or you don't follow the light. As basic as it may be to a mother to tell their child, do something right, do the right thing, or this will happen to you. This woman that murdered her children will come for you. As opposed to this other thing that is already evil, the Nyango in the woods waiting for your children, waiting to corrupt them. It doesn't matter if you do good or good, good or bad. It's going to get you. It doesn't have rhyme or reason. It's going to get you because it is ultimate darkness. And ultimate darkness only exists for the sole reason to appropriate itself, to continue. And that's a lineage that um, lies only in the dark for these evil characters that I've chosen to showcase in the book. There is no redemption for ultimate darkness because its duty is to exist so that there can be some light. And um, in between that light and the dark, there are shadows. And the shadows is where we find these heroes. I think that's a big draw for certain superhero archetypes, especially like Batman. Um, he only exists in the shadows. The best Batman stories are the stories where you never see him, where he's only in the shadows and uh, it's a shape. And that comes for you. That is the boogeyman for evil in Gotham City. The boogeyman for evil is never seen. It just comes for you if you're doing something wrong that you know you should not be doing. And that's on a very basic human level. Now, the cryptonodes, on the other hand, is on another level. These monstrosities only exist to frighten us, to scare us, to warn us. And we should heed that warning not to go into the woods, not to swim in the deep water, not to go looking for things that don't want you looking for them. And they stay in their lane. Now, whereas El Nyango, however, he wants you to go look for him, or it, or whatever you want to call it. It wants you to find it because that's how it feeds upon the light. It takes your light, your essence, and generates more darkness out of it, generates more phobia. And there's always that curiosity to see what's in the dark. You know you want to know what's in the shadows. When you hear that knock at late at night and you go to the door, but you don't open it, you look through the window, through the little peephole first to see what's out there. And upon observing nothing out there, then you cautiously open the door and you look. But all it needs is that small crack, and that small crack will let it in to your world. That's all Nyango needs, just a small opening, something very, very minuscule that uh, you won't even notice until it's too late and it's infected you. And that's, that type of evil is the evil that we can never outrun, that we can never um, stop because it's already inside us. It's just trying to reconnect. We'll talk more at length about uh, you know certain things like that as we progress in these um, podcasts. But for now, I'll just leave you with that thought of the darkness being out there, of El Nyango being out there, and his contemporaries that we've already learned their names. And of course, follow me on social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and of course here on Substack. And I'll be uploading another podcast very, very soon. Or I don't even know if these can be called podcasts. They're like just little monologues, little you know things that I talk about. But nonetheless, thanks so much for making the Cryptonodes a big hit. 
we will be talking to you very, very soon. As I said, always, always keep a light on because the darkness is always trying to get in, always encroaching. This is uh, Happy Harry Hard on AKA Ray Ramos saying, stay hard, talk hard, and mixelsior. Talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.